championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Hello, welcome to 4th and 5, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I'm your host, Will Bazer, and this week, I'm joined once again by my man, DT, Darius Terrell, back to talk some recruiting. National Signing Day just happened, so we're going to be talking about what just happened with the Texas Signing Day class, the absolute insanity of this cycle that was caused by the absolute insanity of this football year. And go over the guys who signed, go over the guys who didn't, uh, go over the remaining targets for Texas, and just our general thoughts on how this Texas class fits with the needs of the roster. Darius, how you been, man? How has it been at Waxahachie? You've been having a uh, quite a year with the baby, with a new job. You're doing, you're being a recording crew, uh, recruiting cord, recruiting coordinator over there. Can't talk today. But uh, how's how's it been going? Man, everything's been great. I'm blessed, man. So much has changed um, in five, six months. Um, we had a pretty good year out there at Waxahachie. Um, we made playoffs for one, which I mean, that's I mean, that's that's not a that's an expectation every year. No, I think we you know we were we were a play here or a play there away from you know really having you know a really big year. And I'm we're excited about you know the folks we have coming back, man. And yeah, I got a got a got a new addition to the family. Little man is um he's running the house right now. Um two month old, he's large and in charge. But um everything's good, big dog. It's cool to be here. How long has it been? Do you know? Oh man, it has been <clears throat> let's see. August? August July? Okay. Maybe. Well, it seems been, like- it has been quite a while. Evan Stewart was still committed to Texas last time we talked. <laughs> Have a long time on this plan. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get, get right into it, man. This recruiting cycle, when was the last recruiting cycle that was th- as crazy as this one, in your opinion? Uh, I got to be honest, and it's, it's funny because I was, um, you know, I started writing for, you know, the deal for tomorrow, and I was, that's kind of where, you know, it started off. I'm like, I, I don't think I can remember. I don't, I don't think I remember, and maybe my memory is horrible. You know, maybe I'm just tired right now, but I, I do not remember a signing day that was as as exciting, you know what I'm saying, as as, as, as unpredictable um, in a lot of ways, I guess, as as the one today, you know. Um, it wasn't really so much Texas. You know, it's never fun, you know, when you're hearing late rumors about, you know, guys that have been committed and things like that. It's definitely fun, you know to be the ones doing the flipping. So I, I don't think I can remember a signing day that was um as as eventful as this one, man. And I think, you know, and we're going to get into it later, but the, the, the coaching changes and all that stuff plays a big part in it too. But no, this was, I don't think I remember one like this one. I think the last one I remember being this crazy and it was, it still wasn't this crazy, but it was absolutely bonkers insane was 2016. I think 2016, the year where everybody was like, oh, Texas doesn't have a class. And then they signed every single guy on National Signing Day was probably the last time that it has been this crazy for Texas in general. But the national nationally, I don't think, I mean, dude, the number one player in the country signed with the FCS school 
for $2 million. It's just, that's just an absolute insane thing to think about. I, you know, yesterday, Deion Sanders said, oh, I'm going to shock the world. Everybody's like, okay, well, maybe you're going to take like a top 20 player or something like that. And that would be pretty surprising. But my God, the number one player from his alma mater. I know this isn't an FSU show, but like that is that's noteworthy. That just kind of shows how absolute insane this recruiting cycle was. Yeah, no, with with the whole deal with Travis Hunter um, signing with Jackson State. I mean, if you think about it, the stars kind of aligned for him to be able to pull that off. You know, first things first, the kid had been committed to Florida State for for years. Florida State ain't very good right now. So that tells you right then and there, he wasn't necessarily con- concerned about uh, really, you know, playing for, 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 for championships or what the team's record was, you know. And then he's a cornerback, okay? He's the best cornerback in the country. One of the, I mean, I'm sure you've seen his videos, but I mean, he's, just, he's, he's pretty freaky. If he's committed to Florida State, his idol is probably Deion Sanders, right? So you go from... I want to be like Deion Sanders. I'm going you know, to go to Florida State and follow in his footsteps, this and that, the third. And you have the option to play and be coached by your idol. You, you, you want to be an NFL cornerback. You have an opportunity to be coached by the greatest one ever. Um, he's in your living room, you know, telling you you have a chance not only to, to live out a dream and first play college football, but then you get to be mentored and taught by me. Um, we're going to pay you a couple million dollars. And – you get to be a trailblazer. You get to be a trendsetter. We saw it in basketball. Um, I think it might have been two cycles ago, and the guy ended up not, you know, being that good. Um, I think he signs with Howard. But um, he, he gets an opportunity to be a trailblazer in the sport of football. I don't think, you know, three years from now, barring injury, he's going to be a guy that folks try to say he isn't a first-round guy just because mm-hmm. he went to Jackson State. So, you know, and I'm not even going to get into the whole, the whole spiel about how, you know, the dynamics, the effects it could have on everything, not just football. But um, that was crazy. It was crazy, but the stars did align for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, he did get offered, what, $2 million to do that. Get on Quinn Ewers' level, kid. Come on. $4 million. You, you, got, you got two more million dollars out there. Where you got to take advantage of that. Where's $4 million coming from? That's just a number I've heard. I mean, he's already made $3 million at – he made $3 million at Ohio State. And he was—he's trying to make more here here at Texas. Did you not know that he no, made three million dollars taking two snaps at Ohio State? Yeah, no, man. I don't. I pay attention to stuff, but the last thing I'm—I don't—I'm not in people's like business business like that. You're not in their pockets, no. But yeah. it's still interesting to know. It's—it's it's interesting to know the the value that these kids, uh, you know, are assigned by entities like Barstool Sports, who. It's a great business move for them, right? It gets their name out there, and it's something that could can you know be a, effective for other companies like Barstool Sports in the future. So that's something to keep an eye on. But the reason, one of the reasons that this recruiting cycle has been so absolutely insane, is because the college football year was insane. You know, not just the fact that it's the first year off of the coronavirus uh, year; it was. You know, the first year of the NIL deals being official, being legal, right? On top of that, you have Texas and Oklahoma heading to the SEC, which really kind of spurred the AM fans and boosters and team into overdrive with recruiting. On top of all that, you know, the absolute insanity of the coaching carousel, paying 
A&M, again, looks like they made a good move paying the $10 million or $9 million for Jimbo because, you know, that's kind of what the market is now. If you look at the deals that are Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley. It had to be. I mean, right. Just like, just like the NFL and, and, and position players, you, there has to be whenever, you know, you're going to be paid higher than whoever the highest paid is, just like with anything. I don't and necessarily think AM looks smart. AM's the fools that started the crap, and they're the reason everybody else has to do it. Now, they didn't start anything. They don't look smart for doing anything. They went eight and four. They were supposed to be in the playoff this year. AM sucks for anybody listening to this. I'm not here to talk anything positive about Texas freaking AM. That's F1. fine. That's fine. Yeah. Alabama's about to get a, uh, have to pay Saban too, because Saban has to make the average, at least the average of the top three coaches in college football. So that's just going to rise it up. It's we so the cap on, on coaching salaries. And then we'll start talking about the, the name image likeness caps and stuff like that too. Yeah. So the name image and likeness, the coaching carousel, all of that kind of came together and really saved Texas's ass. Not even a month ago, Texas lost to Kansas. Not even a month ago. They went five and seven. They had a six game losing streak. They were dead in the water. The NIL deals that came through with the boosters and the absolute insanity of the coaching carousel, LSU and Oklahoma just kind of falling apart as a pro, you know, as programs right now, Ohio state not making it into the national championship and having a down year for Ohio state that really helped spur Texas to, you know, at least gave them a chance It opened the door to them being able to save the class and kudos to the Texas coaching staff. They did that. They went out. Oh, and also Oregon, Mario Cristobal leaving. Honestly, Kyle flood owes Mario Cristobal a Christmas card. <laughs> he, uh, Mario Cristobal and saved his ass moving to Miami. So, you know, just absolutely take Texas taking advantage of the opportunity that they were given with the absolute insanity that is the tech, the off season that started in late November is the reason that Texas ended up with as good an offensive line class they have had since probably 2002. All right. So the first thing you mentioned was the, the name image like it's still, I mean, of course, I think that has to play a role. Is that the driving force in my opinion? No. Absolutely not. And um, again, that, that's going. People are going to be crying about name image likeness for the next, you know, however long. Meanwhile, it's going to ruin college football. Yeah, just but, just I mean, like going to the playoffs ruined it. Just like having a national championship ruined it. Just like yeah. allowing teams to conferences allowed to work them with networks instead of having the NCAA decide which teams be on the networks. Just like that, how how that ruined. Just like allowing black people into the college football how that ruined college football it's just everything's gonna ruin college football yeah yeah no yeah, i mean i just people will adjust but as far as texas yes texas has been you know beneficiaries of you know coaching changes and things like that but to say texas never stopped talking to kelvin banks and i i mean it doesn't matter now because the coach left but there has to be credit given because yeah, those kids decommitted, and guess what? They were a free game and open to everybody else, and the choice was Texas. They, that staff continued to do their work. They continued to chip away, despite you know what you mentioned with the five and seven season. 
and things like that. So I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to be one of the folks, you know, all oh, Texas is so lucky, blah, 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 blah. Okay. They have to get credit for something sometimes. And no. I'm, I'm going to give those coaches credits for continuing to do their job and continuing to sell the program and the vision for the program, uh, despite the, um, the disappointing season. I mean, I am saying Texas did get lucky, but they, they got, they had an opportunity in front of them because of just, you know, some luck and they took advantage of it, which is skill. So, you know, kudos to uh, Steve Sarkeesian, to Terry, uh, Terry Joseph, and to Kyle Flood for taking advantage of that. Let's get into an overall look at the quality and fit of this Texas recruiting class as it pertains to Texas's needs. Darius, if you were to say going into this year, uh, I guess after looking after that five and seven year, what were the biggest needs that Texas had on this roster? Uh, biggest needs <laughs> after this past season, offensive line um, help. Mm-hmm. Um, not even depth, just talent in general and upgrade. Um, Texas missed Joseph Osai uh, more so than I can probably remember Texas missing um, any other player this decade, man. That, Quantify, that's yeah. That's crazy. It's hard to quantify how much they missed him. It, it really hurt the rest of the defense. And uh, I don't, I, I, that cannot be overstated, man. They missed the edge rusher so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think linebacker, um, love Luke Brockermeyer, um, you know, great story. Um, end of the day, you know, there was just too many times this past season where it was clear and obvious that, I mean, he looked like a walk-on um, playing, playing Division One football. Again, we'll talk about it a little bit. I don't, I don't see the linebackers in this class. Linebacker was an issue, and then, in my opinion, Texas's safeties were really bad this past season. So, um, offensive line, edge rush, linebacker, and safety. I don't mind if people are tuned in here, or you know, people are going to listen tomorrow. Whatever. Twenty-five are um, on, are listening Texas, to us right now. Isn't isn't? I don't think. I think Texas is fine with a healthy Casey Thompson at quarterback. And that's another discussion for another time now with the addition of uh, of viewers from the transfer portal. But those four things that you're holding up, man, those were, I mean, again, and if you didn't like the quarterbacks, look at all, Texas had a horrible roster this past year. But yeah. Yeah, so, and on top of that quarterback, they needed a wide receiver. They needed some wide receiver help. They needed some depth. Josh Moore wasn't it. I'll say a, a healthy Jordan Whittington. They were fine the first mm-hmm. oh. four games of the season. That's why a healthy Jordan Whittington helps. But what was the last time Jordan Whittington finished an entire season, even in high school? Uh, I guess he, he played an entire season is what I meant to say. Probably. I think it was a senior year of high school. Yeah. But since he's been at Texas, he has not played an entire year. Troy Marier has not played an entire year. Uh, he hasn't even played. Uh, we don't know what he can do. We don't know what he can do, but you know, you have Xavier Worthy. You needed some help at the wide receiver position. But basically, Texas got some really good help in about three and a half of those five needs. Uh, they they got a lot of help on offensive line. They got a, they got some good help at defensive end. They got. Brennan Thompson at wide receiver. Now we'll see how he is after his foot surgery. They really didn't address uh, safety a lot, and they didn't really address the linebacker a lot. Yeah, I'm, um, 
again, the biggest issue, most learning issue is, is the trenches, man. So, I mean, the, mm -hmm. the clear focus, what is it, 14 guys signed already in the trenches. The focus on the trenches, in my opinion, I think what the Texas coaches, you know, kind of are saying here and what they decided to do was, if I can, we can fix this stuff in the trenches. That that hides a lot of other issues. You see what I'm saying? So um, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll get that other stuff fixed. But, you know, the immediate most pressing need is the offensive and defensive lines. And they 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 – They've done a heck of a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to offensive linemen and defensive linemen, you probably need to give them a year or two to really grow into this. There are a few guys here that could probably play immediately if needed, thinking like Kelvin Banks and guys like that. But getting back guys like Keandre Coburn and you're going to have a lot of help at defensive tackle, that's going to help out. You might need to throw one of these guys at defensive end really turns out to be a, a game changer <laughs> uh, so that you can get an immediate pass rusher in there. That would be nice. And it, offensive line, you probably get to throw some of these guys in there early. Absolutely. What do you think where Texas is going to be doing in these other positions at safety at linebacker? How do you think they address them with this class with the few guys they got and you know, where do they go from here? Uh, the only linebacker I see in the class where I guess it's two guys that I guess I've, I've seen considered linebackers. Um, that's Texarkana High's Derek Brown, who, in my opinion, is an edge rusher. I mean, if you mm -hmm. can pull he's up, a jack pull for up sure. State now, he's an edge guy. Um, I think you would be trying to teach him a new position playing linebacker. I don't see it. I don't see his body. You know, it's the way he's built. And Travell Johnson is. I've seen. You no, know, I, I know he's listed um, places at six one, two hundred pounds. I know Jarrell Johnson. I've seen Jarrell Johnson on, on more than a few occasions in person. Jarrell Johnson's about – he's about 5'11", and he's probably about 185 pounds, okay? I think Jarrell Johnson is actually going to be playing more of a nickel role at Texas, you know, what you used to see from Chris Adamore a year or so ago. So when I look at that, and even when Kobe McKenzie was committed in the class, I'm like – I mean, if anybody saw him play against South Oak Cliff last week, that's a, that's a guy that's going to have his hand in the dirt, Okay. I don't see the linebackers in this class. So as of right now, I mean, you got to give it an incomplete. Um, you have to think actually that the transfer portal is going to come into play there. And um, we'll see names pop up, you know, over the, in the coming weeks and months on that front. Um, at safety, um, we got, we're looking at BJ Allen and uh, who's the other safety? Xavier Bryce, Xavier Bryce. Xavier Bryce is going to play safety. And Austin so, Jordan is listed as a safety, but he played corner and quarterback. If there's any position in the class that has been filled that I'm not super duper excited about, it is probably the defensive backfield. Um, BJ Allen's been a standout player since he was, you know, in little league pretty much his whole life. Um, he's he's a good safety. He's gonna be a good safety for Texas. He's not dissimilar at all from a guy that's already on the roster. Um, in JD Coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, now when we get to Austin Jordan, I see more athlete than player. Yeah, and with Xavier Bryce, you have, with those two guys, you have guys who need to be molded. Uh, even yeah, with, with Bryce, with Jordan, I just I see more, I see more, yeah, project. And I mean, I don't y'all watch the same games I did this past season. Man, I don't, I haven't seen anything yet to, to give me a ton of faith that they're going to turn into you know all conference caliber players with the current guys you know doing the deal. Not even I'm not gonna let Gil Bo slide either, man. I've got questions about Gil Bo's, you know, his long speed. The only guy I, I love Terrence Brooks. Terrence Brooks been a top five or six player in this class in my mind for a long time since I saw him this mm -hmm. spring when he locked up Evan Stewart on multiple occasions at the um at the Under Armour. 
But outside of Brooks and outside of Allen, who I think is a – I think Allen's a top 30-type kid in the state. Outside of those two, I'm, I'm, I'm not super excited about the defensive back class, and I, I hope I'm not coming off as, as negative or, or Debbie Downer or anything by saying that, man. But um, I'm, I would love to be proven wrong. Yeah, I feel like this defensive back class is going to be very much – Helped out by the fact that there are, are probably going to be a lot of people coming into the portal that you're going to have to go and get. And on top of that, you're getting guys back like Deshaun Jameson, probably Anthony Cook. I, the safety room is basically like two people now. You're going to have to go. Baron Thompson, you got caught. You, you, but you also have Jade, Jade Barron out there. Mm. You, have, you have some good cornerbacks in the class already. Safety is another question. Safety is another thing. Uh, safety is, uh, everybody who's listening to this podcast right now, uh, congratulations. You're now the safety of the tech university of Texas because nobody else can play that position. <laughs> we have, we have nobody. <laughs> I'll throw out a safety name that I just saw enter the portal. It was either yesterday or the day before. I bought Iowa State's Ashim Young. I didn't realize. Exactly. That. Yes. It's yeah. There are no rules stopping guys. You can't, you know, you can't block a kid's transfer anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it now, how ridiculous that you can even do that in the first place. But um, I see Young's the first thing, the first name that comes to mind at that safety spot, man. I, w- I would throw really money at that kid. Get that. him in Texas. Get him in burnt orange. He is good. He yeah. is good. He has eligibility. He would be an immediate answer to a, a p- position of great need, especially given the fact that PK puts so much emphasis on the safety room in his defense. Like that was one of the big reasons Texas's defense failed so miserably last year was the safeties who are, I mean, the safety valve, right. Of this team. Yeah. He's scared. We're such a, what's up. I said he was, he was scared to death. If you watch it, Texas is third and two and Texas still has two high safeties, 10 yards deep, man. He didn't trust them guys to do anything. Mm -mm, No. So, yeah, go get Ashim Young. Go get another guy who falls into that portal. I'm also looking for – I mean, we'll get later into it on guys who are left out there. I wouldn't put any money on getting Evan Stewart, and he's going to probably sign on Friday. Dude loves to be a showman. Wait for a name to drop into the wide receiver portal like the guy from Akron. Uh, maybe there's a guy from Oklahoma who who joins. Uh, you know, maybe LSU's Kayshawn Booty uh, joins – the portal and you go after him. I, you know, I would, that's, that's what I would do. I'd go, I would look in the portal for linebacker, which is a very difficult thing to really rely on that. Mm. Uh, and safety. That's what you're going to have to do. Now let's get into the actual kids who signed with Texas. Starting off with Quinn Ewers, Darius, you watched Quinn Ewers, Live and in person, you had to game plan. You had to help game plan for your team going up against them when you were at DeSoto playing South Lake Carroll. Tell me about Quinn Ewers. Is he really all that? I mean, this is the class he's supposed to be in, so let's get that out of the way. So, I mean, we could look at this as as a true freshman coming in. Um, And he got got a free year of experience, you know, running the scout team at, at, at one of the top, what has been one of the top four or five programs in college football in, over the last decade. That's a positive. Um, mm-hmm. That cannot be mis- turned into a negative by anyone, okay? He wasn't coming in in August and beating out, you know, those guys in front of him. It doesn't, it's not a video game. 
with Quinn Ewers um, speaking of video games, I mean, he's got he, – he made it look like a video game at times whenever – all the time whenever we played against him or I saw him play, man. Um, tremendous pocket presence. I've never seen him labeled a dual threat, okay, but he's a guy that can – he's got no problem. He's mobile, okay, he can roll around. Um, he can pick up plays off schedule. Um, he's a guy that doesn't have to have his feet set. His arm is strong enough. He's got a tremendous touch. I remember being a kid, and 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 um, I remember watching. I remember going to a Highland Park and Dallas Lincoln game, and the 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 two names were Rashetti Jones and Highland Park had a quarterback, um, with a really bad ankle that day. He was taped up, spatted up. He could barely move. Named Matthew Stafford. Um, he doesn't. I'm not saying he has that kind of arm. That's the strongest arm I think I've ever seen. But even as a kid, I just remember watching um, him play and just thinking like, like, dang, that dude's in control. I've seen that one other time in person two other times in person that was Kyler Murray and Desmond White and you were a completely different player than those two guys I just named, but he, he's, he's always in control. He's, he's rated what he's been rated for a reason, man. And I, I don't think he's like, he's a big version of Colt McCoy. If that makes sense. He's a big mm. version of Colt McCoy. If you remember him in college, um, he's a I legit th- six, three and 210 pounds. man. I think one of the comparisons I remember seeing and really liking is Trevor Lawrence. What do you think about that? Um, Not a real dual threat, but can run it is pretty much a very polished passer in every sense, at least in high school. And, you know, was rated as one of the top quarterbacks ever coming out of high school. I I understand the comparison. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's agree with it. That's what I would expect given the accolades that he has been given. So Quinn Ewers is is quite the steal for Texas. He wasn't even supposed to transfer. He was telling Ohio State coaches, I think the day before, that he was going to stay at Ohio State through the spring. And then the very next day, he's like, actually, I'm leaving. Peace. Uh, so... Very lucky for Tom for Tom Herman. Steve Sarkeesian to luck into Quinn Ewers. Please don't bring back Tom Herman. Actually, no, 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 no. I didn't have a big problem with Tom Herman. Go ahead, anyway. <laughs> Next guy down the list, offensive tackle Calvin Banks out of Summer Creek in Humble, Texas. Oh yeah. Biggest offensive line recruit Texas has signed since what was it? Two thousand. Two? What was it? It's it's been a while. It's been a long time. He's got to be the highest rated guy since that was Mason Walters. Got to be 2008 yeah. class or maybe 2009. If somebody in the chat can remember who it is, please yeah, please Walters. go ahead and correct me here. If it is Mason Walters. Walters, but yes, biggest name Texas has signed at offensive tackle. And don't go and look at the other names that are around that because Texas doesn't have a good track record of turning these guys into professionals but Calvin Banks is going to be the start. He's going to be the start of it. At 65 300 pounds, he looks and plays like he is 67 350 and runs like he's 65 300. He is so broad and long. He's a huge broad long human being. He has a you know a frame that is good for putting on good weight. He has a good first punch because of how long his arms are and how strong he is. And the mobility for his size is great. He's strong in pass blocking. He could be a little bit more nimble, but when he's drive blocking, he is 
fantastic. Yeah. What do you think? Somebody in the comments said since Justin Blaylock, I think he'll be as impactful um, of an offensive lineman. He'll be the most impactful since Justin Blaylock. I, I, I see what you're saying there. Um, Count Chopula. <laughs> but um, with Kelvin Banks, uh, I, I got to see Kelvin Banks in person um, this past spring. He's actually a guy I've been, I, I, I noticed on film shoot two years ago. Um, back when he was a sophomore, um, when I first saw Banks, and this is when he was committed to Oklahoma State, um, I thought I saw I saw a big puppy. I saw a puppy with big big paws, big feet. Um, didn't quite have it all together, you know. Every now and then, he would he would show you some, you know, you see some flashes, and um, you're like, okay, but you know, I thought he was a guard. I didn't think his feet were great. Um, the length is 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 obvious, but you know, I thought folks were, I thought he was a little bit overrated at the time. Fast forward to his junior season, you know, started putting things together. I'm like, okay, I see why this guy's a four star, um, et cetera, et cetera. He opened my eyes up um, in, in in Dallas last spring. Kelvin is is legitimate. He's six foot five, but the thing about him, that wingspan's got to be almost seven feet. Okay, his, those arms alone. Okay, he is six five. He's about three twenty. He's got some baby fat in his midsection. Kelvin Banks is a wide guy. He doesn't, you know, he's not one of those, you know, sleek tackles you see sometimes that no he, he's a big guy okay but part of what why he's able to play left tackle at that size is he's one of the few kids his age that understand angles okay he's not he's not a kid that panics or, or, or loses his technique at the last second because he knows his arms are so damn long and then when he gets his hands on folks man it's a it's a freaking wrap he pulls okay with an attitude okay he's a violent player he's not a kid that's gonna come in there i'm not i don't think he's an early enrollee but he's not gonna show up in the summer you know trying to fit in that's a kid that's you know it's that's a that's a grown man i'll be fairly surprised if he wasn't starting opening opening night um i'll be i'll be very surprised barring injury if he's not in the lineup um for the red river shootout hmm. yeah i mean i still am of the opinion you probably want to give an offensive lineman like a year but yes i i think that's texas is Texas is a need. Texas usually has recruited offensive linemen who are hybrid players. They can play offensive guard. They can play offensive tackle. And they never really got a guy over the past, what, decade, who is a pure offensive tackle, who is good, (laughs) who is like a five-star or high four-star pure offensive tackle. That is what Kelvin Banks is. That is, he is a pure, he has the length of an offensive tackle and he has the strength and the mobility of an offensive tackle. So he is a pure offensive tackle. Texas has not gotten a lot of those over the past decade, the two decades. Texas finally finally kind of recruiting correctly on the offensive line here. Next guy, we already talked a little about him, Terrence Brooks at a little elm. 5'11", 190. I don't think he's 190. He does not look like he's 190, but the numbers say 190. We both have talked about this. Really high football IQ. His dad is a personal defensive back trainer out of DFW. He, you know, basically his son was probably his pet project to make sure that that kid is fundamentally sound. He watches film the right way, has the correct techniques, reads plays very well. And you see it in the film. Like when I actually watched film of little Elm, like he breaks on the ball in the correct moments, he reads plays very well, even when he's not part of the play. He has good, not great speed, probably. He's not like the most athletic player, defensive back in the state, but he is a true cover corner in every sense of the word. 
Yeah, so I actually didn't know his dad was a, was a personal trainer up here. His dad is a former, you know, he played at Texas A&M, played for the San Francisco 49ers um, for a few years before, um, you know, before that came to an end, I believe, actually via injury. Brooks, out of all the top dogs that were in attendance, when I, again, come back to last spring, man, those camps are valuable to get eyes on folks in person. But um, his technique, okay, was, 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 it stood out, okay? Brooks was a guy that, that, that never panics, okay? I saw him, he was seeking out Evan Stewart during the deal. You know, meanwhile, you know, kids are getting out there getting torn up. He's, he's looking for him every time. And there was not a single ball completed. And another thing that stood out, he wasn't a kid that, you know, was, you know, doing the incomplete or, you know, talking. He didn't have anything to say. Okay. It show up, lock you down. I move on. And, and uh, you mentioned that uh, the 190. No, Brooks is a thicker, he's a thicker um, kid, man. He, he might be close to that 190. I'm so freaking excited Texas got him, man. I know Denver Harris has been the is the popular name, and um, I'm actually – I need to check in and see how he's been doing this season. I know he was injured pretty much all of last year, but Brooks has been my number one corner in the class for a long time, and part of me still kind of can't believe they got him. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's big. Yeah. It was all of Kerry Coombs falling apart, basically. And then, and then a rumor spread about Ryan Day going to Chicago Bears, which – is kind of BS, but also in the world of the coaching carousel we live in today, I mean, maybe you can't right. rule it out. I mean, Stan Drayton's the coach of Temple. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Terrence Brooks is probably my favorite cornerback in this class. Denver is like, it's one A, one B, and they kind of switch back and forth. Denver is a lot more athletic than Brooks is. I don't agree with that. You don't agree with that? No, man. You, Brooks is athletic. Brooks, is Brooks athletic. Uh, don't get me. Brooks is athletic, but Denver is he has he has more athleticism and more size than Brooks does for his size. Yes. Okay. Terrence Brooks is a lot more of a technician. I, you know, you look at a guy like Verone McKinley, who was a technician. His dad is a cornerback coach and really taught him how to be a technician. And look at what he's doing at Oregon, right? That's what Terrence Brooks is is right now. Uh, a guy who, you know, is, is again, just keep on saying a technician, a technician, a technician. And that's kind of what you want as a cornerback position. Not only that, he, he, he's not a vicious tackler. He's a good tackler. He's not afraid to come up and lower the shoulder and he can break, break off of blocks. Like half of his highlight tape is him getting past blocks. So in the day of the bubble screen, he's good. Next guy we got coming up, Brennan Thompson out of Spearman. He is coming off of foot surgery. He's a speedster from way out in North Texas. This is the kid that Texas usually just passes on in the past few cycles. Like it's just a kid that is really good, but for some reason the Texas staff just doesn't want him. I.e. Jackson Smith Nigba, i.e. Jermichael Sturdivance, just just the one kid that Texas wasn't looking at because that's what Tom Herman Tom Herman was not looking at Brendan Thompson until Steve and Texas wasn't looking at him until Steve Sarkeesian came in and then Brendan Thompson was like oh okay okay you're talking to me now and you you actually have something that I can see myself in all right let's talk and then Texas closed the deal that's where Brendan Thompson is to me he's he's that finally Texas is going after the right wide receivers they're going after the you know a speedster might not have the incredible size he might not 
you know, be exactly what you're looking for. Uh, well, for Steve Sarkeesian, he is. And they got him. They closed on him. So I, I'm really happy with Brennan Thompson. I'm interested to see how he comes off of that foot surgery. Yeah, Brennan Thompson, I think, was it last spring? He was, uh, he was a guy that broke. I think it was a 10-3 or 10-200 meter dash. Competition he plays against isn't great. Um, from the same area as former um, Oklahoma signee, um, I think current Arizona State wide receiver slash tight end Jalen Conyers up there in the, near the panhandle. I'm in the minority with Thompson, man. I think I see him more as a gadget type of guy, at least early on in his career. And, um, again, I could be wrong. I have questions about how big he really is. Looks like a guy on tape that's about 5'8". Outside of the the bubble screens, the jet sweeps like we see with Keelan Robinson and, and possibly as a kick returner, I have a hard time seeing Thompson come in and just be this prolific wide receiver. And, mm-hmm. again, I could be completely wrong. But I don't – when I see him play, he's playing running back, you know what I'm saying, or, or quarterback and things like that. I think he's going to need some time to, to, to learn the nuance of, of the wide receiver position, especially playing on the inside with all that traffic and everything. But, again, I, I could be completely wrong. But I, I think Thompson is more of a – he's more of a, a gadget guy early in his career. Next guy, let's get over – let's get through Brian Allen, uh, B.J. Allen, sure? real fast. Yeah. 5'11", 180, long arms, long legs. Lengthy guy, good speed and understanding when he's going downhill. I think he might need a little bit of technique work and understanding and in, in mid-flight ball skills. But you know, going downhill, he's really good. Uh, what do you think about him? How how you know does he see the field early or what do you think? Uh, I think he's got a good chance to see the field early. We, we talked about it earlier. Texas safety room isn't very strong. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think BJ is a guy that can give you some value. As a guy that can roll down and play in the nickel a little bit, you know, he can cover tight ends. Um, he's a better cover guy than, than what we saw this past season um, from the Texas safeties. Um, he's a former quarterback. He's a guy that's played quarterback most of his life. Um, he's, I think he's got a really good feel, you know, for what, where, what, where the quarterback's going with the ball. He can, he's, he's good in zone coverage. He's good in man coverage. Um, very good tackler. There's not a real glaring weakness in his game. No, I, I, think, I think he has a good chance. I'm going to see the field next season, at the very least, uh, in a special teams role. I mean, he's Allen. Allen's a good get, and I mean, it's a reason you know folks like LSU Alabama was on him since he's you know since he's about a sophomore. Right. So the next three guys we got coming in through here uh, are defensive linemen. First one, Jeray Bledsoe out of Marlin, Texas, six four two seventy. I'm impressed with his lateral quickness and range, especially for his size, being six four two seventy. He's very sudden. He's very violent. Um, probably needs to smooth out some things, but he brings a lot of viciousness and motor. Like he is, he's a guy, uh, you know, like Terrence Brooks, who in the era of the NIL, he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he, it, it seems like he wants competition rather than fame. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it was a good, good win against AM. Now, AM obviously did find a defensive line, but Texas still beat out AM for Dre Bledsoe, who was in their backyard. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, second rankings. How come you no know, Dre Bledsoe didn't play this season? Um, we got mm-hmm. to sit out due to transfer. Neither did uh Jadon Blue. But Jadon Blue got dropped in all the rankings. Yeah, Dre Bledsoe didn't change at all. I don't get that because he didn't play either. 
But um, yeah, with Bledsoe, I got questions. Um, he's a guy that's never done any camps or anything, been anywhere. We don't have any verified signs on him. Um, I have no clue what he looks like <laughs> right now um, since his tape. He was a young man that I heard had a lot of work to do off the field. I mean, kudos to him and his coaches at his new school and, and the coaches at Texas who I'm sure they had a, a hand in, you know, laying, laying down a plan because he's enrolling early. And I think most of he's going to spend he's going to spend this spring, this whole first semester, early semester at Texas, I think, getting getting in shape and um to be in a, to be in a position where he possibly could play, um, be ready to play next August, next next September. Um, if we're if we're just going by the video we saw of him as a junior man, that, that is that no to be six six four six five to, to he's got some he's got some twitch to him man. That's a heck of an athlete watching that dude return play running back breaking tackles like it's it's really childish. Um, if he is the guy I saw we saw on that junior tape, then he is a he is a impact player at the collegiate level. Um, yeah, got a lot of questions. I have no clue what the kid is like personality-wise. have no clue what his body looks like right now or if he's even in any shape. On paper, as a, as a recruit, going by what we saw as a junior, that's a heck of a gift for Texas. Mm-hmm. Next guy, Jamon Tapp, the defensive end out of Ascension Catholic in, I want to say Los Angeles whenever I see L.A., Louisiana, 6'3", 245 pounds. I have, like, mixed feelings about Jamon Tapp because – when I watched him play, I, I watched him in his last game. Uh, I watched the tape of his last game. He's hot and cold. He's really hot and cold. He has amazing length and frame. He's like, it is, it is very, very impressive, his frame and length. He's got very quick bursts. He's fast. He's got, a good, he's got good moves. He's got a good swim move. He's got a good spin move. He, he is so, they're silky smooth, and he's got speed in the pass rush. He's going to need a lot of work, though, because, again, he's very hot and cold. I saw him get stonewalled a number of times by guys who are half his size. He needs strength. He needs conditioning. He, I mean, he, gets, he got gassed real, real, real fast. It wasn't like they were putting a lot on him. Uh, it wasn't like he was getting double teamed. He was just, he just got gassed. He has a lot, a lot of potential. He can get there, but you know, it's it just, it's going to be a strength and conditioning thing here. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen the video you mentioned And I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the crazy thing about the rankings and things like that. Like you, you see a highlight tape. I'm, I'm the recruiting coordinator in my school. I put together highlight tapes all the time and, and you can watch some of these kids and you watch a highlight tape. You'd be like, damn, that's a power five kid. And in reality, I know that kid, <laughs> That kid had like 200 yards total all season. You know, it's hard to go by, by highlights, you know, because it is the best. It's, it is what they want you to see. Um, if you want to see what a kid is really like, you got to watch the full game. Tap, that doesn't really surprise me. I mean, he's at a private school I mean, in Louisiana. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a guy. You know, most high school kids do take plays off. But at his best, he's a guy that on, on tape to me that looks like a guy that could come in and help Texas. We talked about that lack of pass rush, that, that missing Joseph Asai. And how much that hurt the defense as a whole. I mean, hell, Texas don't need him to play 50 snaps next year as a freshman or even as a sophomore. If he can come in and, and use that burst to come off the edge and provide a pass rush, then I mean, this is his his addition to the roster is going to be a, a win, regardless of how his career is playing out. Um, mm-hmm. I like Tap. Um, I like guys from Louisiana in general. I'm interested to see how he fits in Austin at Texas. You no know, different looking cat than what we usually see. I'm interested to see how it plays out. 
Justice Finkley's the next guy, defensive end uh, out of Alabama. I mean, think talk about this. Texas won a head-to-head against Alabama in the state of Alabama. Now, Finkley is a different kid. I mean, he was between Texas, Colorado, and Alabama. He's a different kid. He's 6'2", 255, wants to be a neurosurgeon. His mother is a doctor. Him and uh, Derek Brown were the two guys who were like kind of the ringleaders in this class when it came to recruiting. Love the kid. He's great. In his first play of his highlights is him taking on and beating, carrying basically a double team to the quarterback. He's strong. He's got great burst and he's very long. The thing, and I watched his, I watched his last game and I watched some of his tape. I mean, I highly recommend getting NFHS network. It's, it's such a great tool, but it doesn't seem like he has many moves outside of the bull rush and a shoulder dip when it comes to his pass rushing and really just his, his rushing in general. He tries to use his length and strength instead of any techniques to get to the quarterback. With that being said, he lets players get into his chest very easily. But my God, I wonder how much that kid benches because the strength he has is insane. Yeah, so Finkley, I mean, the first thing that stands out, you know, I think he's an interior guy. I mean, you know what? Fink, I can see Finkley playing. He's not an edge, stand-up rush guy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's a defensive end. He can play the five, best case seven in, in, on certain situations. But um, he's a guy that's not tall. He's, he looks to be about six one, six one and a half. If I had to guess, he's about 260, 265 pounds. But like you mentioned, his arms are long. Um, that lower body is a fire hydrant. He's got power. And repeatedly um, on his highlights, you see him just shocking people. Okay. And as a defensive line coach, that's what you're looking for. Okay. You mentioned the lack of moves, all that. I got Thor hammers for hands. The rest of that, I, I can work with, <laughs> work with, you know, that'll come. Um, you also mentioned going into Alabama, getting the guy. That's Bo Davis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Making that happen. But, um, I expect to see Finkley. I know Texas is bringing back Coburn, Sweat, uh, Byron Murphy, and Ajomo, hopefully Alfred Collins. I could see Finkley coming in because I think he can play. He can slide and play different spots along the line. I could see Finkley. I expect to see Finkley out there next season. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I expect they signed, they signed eight freaking defensive line prospects. All right, guys like like, Ber- like Vernon Bruton, Sawyer Gorham Welch, you know, I, I I think I think the clock's ticking. I expect Finkley to be one of those guys coming in to try to unseat those guys, get those guys in the transfer portal. But we'll find yeah. out. You know, let's let's stick. I'm going to kind of deviate from from how we're doing this. We're going to stick with the defensive line here with Chris Ross. Chris Ross won. What was it defensive player of the year? Right, the uh, touchdown club? club. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Six three, two hundred eighty. He's probably not six three, two eighty. He's probably he, he looks a little smaller on tape for sure. I see. I see. I saw that. You're like, no, those are his his numbers. Six three two eighty. Probably plays is a little smaller, but he's vastly underrated. He's very explosive on the ball. He's got that plus strength. When I watched uh, North Shore versus Lake Travis, he blew the Lake Travis offensive lineman off the ball and scored a touchdown. He is able to get into the backfield real fast. His play recognition can be better at times. But he consistently he consistently takes on double teams. Sometimes he beats them. Sometimes he gets washed out. But he is a great player that Texas just landed, and a great early uh, evaluation by the staff. 
Yeah, I, I intend to watch uh, the North Shore and uh, Duncanville game this weekend, and, and I'm going to be watching Chris Ross closely because I know Duncanville's got Cameron Williams, you know, Jalen Early. The interior of their line is not as big as it, as it has been in the past. But, no, Ross is a guy that I was – I saw him as well this spring, and he's not 6'3". If he's 6'3", I'm 6'4". And the NFL <laughs> measurement is one and a half. Okay, he's 6'1". And he's probably about 270, 75 pounds. Um, see, I've heard the contrary on Ross. I've heard folks that, that said they didn't think he was very good. Okay, so I, I have to try to form my own opinion. I wasn't overly – I wasn't blown away, you know, watching them um, this past spring. But, again, they're, you know, they're in shirts and shorts. You know, he's just – he's another name, another guy. He does have some get-off to him. That's what I love about what Texas is doing, man. It's, they're bringing in all these guys, and it's going to be, you know – Competition who, who rises to the to the top, man. And um, you know, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not I would be surprised if Ross was was one of those guys that ends up winning out, but that's it's a crapshoot and we'll see. We'll see. I was surprised by Safandre Sweat. Like I didn't see that one coming. So it's it's difficult. The the closer you get to the ball, the closer you get to the trenches, the harder it is to really evaluate, especially on the offensive line. But Next guy up is Derek Brown out of Texarkana, Texas High. He's not going to have to change his color. He's not going to have to change the team he's cheering for. He's still all Texas. Perfect fit for the Jack position. He stands up, plays that you know rushing linebacker kind of guy who patrols the flats or is a pass rusher. Good at disengaging from blocks. Very long, good frame to build on. Probably needs to improve at the point of attack and get some burst on him. And that's strength and conditioning. That's where that comes in. So he is a bit of a project, but he is probably a very good fit for a position of need. Yeah, with Brown, the big guy out of Texas high last season was the big, highly rated guy was Clayton Smith. Um, and he barely played. I don't think he played. I think he registered this past season in Oklahoma. Um, I think Derek Brown is even less polished than than Clayton Smith is or was. Brown is tall. You know, he's about 6'4". He's long. I've seen him mentioned on numerous occasions. And, I mean, he even got the number and everything that they're looking at him to be like Overshawn. On tape, does he have the athleticism to possibly do that? I think so. But I feel like linebackers are a position where that's it's such an instinctual position so I would I just I would be surprised if they were taking that guy and moving him back off the ball as a edge rusher like you said he's raw wheel he's long I think he's got some get off he's got some bend to him um he, he's one of those guys you look for as far as you know as valuable as a pass rusher is a guy that can disrupt the pocket can get after the quarterback I think he has that type of potential I don't believe he is that guy from day one okay I think he's a guy that's that's gonna later on in his career you know, I, it's crazy. You know what he reminds me of? Texas gave up on him earlier, wouldn't play him. Byron Hobbs. Hobbs ended up mm-hmm. having a heck of a year this season at Utah State. Derek Brown yeah, and Byron Hobbs. So hopefully we get to see the fruits of, of that labor, unlike, you know, we got to see with Hobbs. Yeah, I mean, speaking about guys like that, Ethan Burke out of Westlake, mm-hmm. Charles Amenahu 2.0. That's that's what I think. And I love the fact that he's a lacrosse player. Like I watched his lacrosse tape. I kind of broke down his lacrosse tape for a few of my friends. Like he's very, he's very good at lacrosse. He's some of the shots he made were very, very nifty and creative, honestly, but great length, great frame, good timing off the line needs to add a lot of strength and uh, speed to his game. He, he has all the tools that you would want in the defensive end. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, he was committed to Michigan. I mean, Michigan's got you no know, defensive end. I was at the Heisman ceremony. 
and their other defensive end has, has double digit sacks. I mean, Michigan does a pretty pretty good job, you know, on the defensive line or in the trenches in general. So if they ran on a kid, they came in and thought they had a steal. I popped in his video. Westlake is one of the top, what, two or three teams in the country this year. And um their defense is outstanding. And um that kid plays a big role in that. You don't see First off, I don't. He's listed as six seven. Okay, I, he looks more six five to me on the eyeball test. Just looking at the you know video, I haven't seen him in person. Obviously, the guy that came to mind for me was a guy like you know like Carl Nassib, in a way. Like he he's long. He's a guy that can change directions. He flashed some ball get off. He flashed some you know he flashed. I I, I saw some good things. I see what the Texas coaches saw. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a body and frame that's going to be two seventy. Okay, two, 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 two eighty-ish one day. I think he's a guy that's gonna provide some versatility along that defensive front like Justice Finkley. If that was a trade-off for Anthony Jones, I think I like it. Mm-hmm. I do. So next guy is Aaron Bryant. Uh watched his tape. Strong low center of gravity, really hard to move him. Doesn't have a lot of bursts, so the pass rush won't really be his thing, but he's kind of the thing that he's, he's that nose tackle, that space eater that eats up gaps up front to allow room for some playmakers. That's my take. Is he Gerald Wilbon? Potentially, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I ever see a I don't know if I ever see a plus player in Bryant. Big kid um on tape. I don't know about six four. He looks like he might be closer to six two. He's gonna be a guy that's eating up space, not dissimilar at all from what we're seeing from Coburn. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be a guy that ends up playing at about 330 pounds. Okay. He's gonna be a space eater type of guy. And um, if you end up getting any type of uh, line disruption from that guy or a pass rush from that guy, that's, that's a plus. That's mm-hmm. not what he's being brought in to do. He's being brought in to take up blockers. Mm-hmm. Next guy, Zach Swanson, the defensive lineman out of uh, Brophy College Preparatory. Fun fact, the quarterback for that team is Kurt Warner's son. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. But 6'4", 255, real gritty player, strong, good north-south burst, his downline lateral pursuit could be improved. Uh, I really like his ability off the edge and he's very much a strong side defensive end. That's, that's my take. Hmm. Uh, I, I actually, I see Watson, uh, Watson, Swanson. I see Swanson being more of a, turning into an interior guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think Swanson's going to be 280 in no time <laughs> once he's been in the college program. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you've got some NFL bloodlines, um, whether that's dad or uncle or grandpa, somebody played in the NFL along the way. Swanson, when I first, you know, you know heard it, he's been committed for a long time. I'm, I wasn't super excited, super pumped about it, you know, when I saw him. I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, he's a, he's a it's Swanson Hager 2.0. He's much. I bigger. agree with this take. I he's agree with this take. Than Hager, he's not. Hager was 2:30 on his best day. Oh no, he, he's a big Hager. Is what I'm trying to say. He's like a like a gritty, gritty big Hager. Like if Hager was actually meant to play defensive line. Okay. Uh, hey, if he if he'll give a type of effort like a guy like Hager did, then I I think Texas the coaches will be happy with that man. But I'm gonna be honest, I don't I don't see Swanson, and I will again I love to be incorrect or be proven wrong. I don't see Swanson being a a, a big time player at Texas, man. That's that's just my opinion, but we'll see. And the last uh, was that the last defensive lineman? Okay, yeah, let's go to the offensive lineman here. So we already talked about. Kelvin Banks. Mm-hmm. Next guy up down the line is Nito Umiozulu. Nato. 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 Umiozulu. Mm-hmm. Zulu. Whatever. I cannot say names. Just this is just who I am. I'm just I'm just bad with names. Nato uh, Umiozulu. 
Umeo Zulu. I watched this Prosper film, the Prosper game for Alan, just because he does not have any any film out there. Alan really doesn't put out film. So this was a good find on my part. So kudos to me. <laughs> good downfield quickness is what I saw. Um, he needs to learn how to engage downfield, but he's got good down quick downfield quickness. I'm actually really a big fan of this guy. I mean, he's got long arms. I was talking about, hey, you know, Texas usually doesn't get guys who can, you know, it usually gets guys who are hybrids, and this year they're really going after one or the other. This guy is a, a more of a hybrid. He could play interior mm-hmm. or he could play right tackle. He probably needs to watch his balance a little bit as he can get over his toes, especially in pass protection. But, I mean, his drive blocking, his, you know, step backs, he's he's pretty stout as a player. Probably is going to need to lose a, a little. No, I'm thinking Cameron Williams needs to lose a little weight. But NATO is is a good, good pickup by the staff. NATO is big time, and I think he's one of the top. He's one of the top twenty players in this in this year's class. Total period. Um, like you mentioned, the versatility. I could see he plays left tackle for Allen. Um, NATO is a guy that can play guard. I think he he could even possibly play center. Um, saw him in person. Every bit of six four, six four and a half. Every bit of 280 pounds, but um, unlike Kelvin, who had a little bit of a weight in the middle, NATO is, is is cut up, man. He is he is built like a he, he's he's different. And when he got his hands on people, and this is with no pads on, it was ugly. It got ugly real real quickly. That is a mean, violent guy. Missed 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 some time this season with Allen. I actually had access to all of Allen's games. That dude, NATO. Is you a, did? Yes. You yes. had access you know, to it? We had, we had a lot of opponents in common um, on huddle. So um, hmm. NATO is a guy I'm fully expecting to be on the two deep next season. And um, nah, man, I don't I don't think you I, – I don't think people – like that's a that's a huge get. Okay, mm-hmm. he's going to be a multi-year starter at Texas. And what was the last – he's the first get from Allen since – got to be Dan Buckner since like 07. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's something we didn't talk about in this – in the like storylines of this class and the overall fit and in just overall class, Texas reconnected with a lot of Texas high school football powerhouses, right? They reconnected with Allen Duncanville with Alito with North shore. Yeah. Oh, come on, dude. You can't, you can't say that that's not a good thing, but they didn't reconnect with those. Like what, what, what's your, what's your, why, why the face? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You know, he, he's flashing the the Waxahachie shirt. I don't, I get I don't it. see any Waxahachie kids on the commit list. I have to say they didn't do their due diligence as far as powerhouses go. <laughs> That's true. No, I they they didn't they didn't reconnect with every powerhouse. They reconnected with a lot of them, hmm. with a lot Priorities. of powerhouses. Priorities. <laughs> but yes, getting getting with getting back into Allen is a good thing for Texas getting it really, they, they really increased their presence in Dallas. And a lot, you know, a lot of that is Chris Gilbert getting him into onto the staff and kind of help helping him get inroads into a lot of these places, but also, I mean, just the absolute recruits that recruiting gurus they have on staff. Next guy, Cole Hudson and talking about hybrid guys. Frisco is a wing T offense, but uh, Hudson seen, I mean, Darius, at six five three fifteen, what are your thoughts on Cole Hudson? I've heard that like I've heard very good things, and I've heard he's going to need some time. What are your What are your thoughts? Well, the size is legitimate. Um, Cole is another guy I saw a long time ago, back when he was a sophomore. He's been a role grader since birth. 
Okay, he's a move forward. He's a he's a he's a run blocking kid. Um, has not been asked to pass set or, or, or pass set or pass protect much in his career at all. But the thing is, I got a guy on Texas roster that that came from the same type of situation, and he's been a starter from day one. That was Junior Ungalau. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was um, gonna say that's that's my comparison right there. Yeah, well, same background, same type of size, same coming from the same type of offenses in high school. Great thing about it. And hey, if Cole's ready to play, he's ready to play. But you know, with the class Texas is bringing in, there is time to develop him um, mm-hmm. as far as pass protection goes. But Cole Hudson is a—he's a good kid. He's a quality offensive lineman. If he's not starting at some point in his career, Texas recruited really, really well. Right. Speaking of size, tell me if the size that that is listed for Cam Williams is correct. Now, Justin Wells posted that picture where he has the—he's palming the football helmet. Like his hands are huge. But is he really 6'5", 370 pounds? Right. So let me tell you, I, I've coached against and been around, watched cameras since he was in seventh grade. Been a basketball player his whole life. I understand y'all people hear that size and numbers. First of all, he's not 6'5". Cameron's, Cameron's, Cameron, might, Cameron might be 6'7". Cameron's huge. Okay? That's Cameron, Cameron's every bit of 360 pounds. Is it all a good way? Because you can't tell about that on I mean, film. I mean, listen, to hear, hear me. He is a big lumbering force on the field. He is as smooth of an athlete at that size as you're going to find. Cameron is a 6'7", 360-pound kid that does not have knee problems. Okay, didn't even wear <laughs> – does not wear knee braces right now for Duncanville. Okay, Cam can bend. Cam can move laterally. Cameron – I've said this on the site for months. But even when he, Cameron is a walk-in starter. I'm, I'm dead serious. And he's athletic enough to play right tackle in college, okay? And if he's playing guard, I'm, yeah, I, folks don't – the ranking on Cameron Williams is so freaking lazy, it's not even funny, okay? Them people have no clue. That is a borderline five-star player. I'm not going to be moved from that. Cameron Williams is every bit of 6'7", 360, and he is an athlete. Does Cameron Williams play varsity basketball? Have you seen Duncanville's varsity basketball team? Okay, Cameron, Wood, uh, Cameron Barnes, Ronald Holland. I coached all those guys in middle school. That's who we were whooping Cameron's butt with, okay? Cameron's on the team. He's not getting no PT on that squad, man. They're loaded, man. But um, matter of fact, ain't they the number one team in the nation? You know, best best Dallas All Stars. They're they're somewhere. They're somewhere. They're a very very good basketball team. They're Dallas. I I mean, he looks like an offensive tackle made in the lab. Like when you're building an offensive tackle, this is the guy that you build. You know, you want incredible length, right? You have it with Cameron Williams. You want incredible hand size. And strength for that first punch. 11-inch hands. Might have been the biggest at the last three NFL combines. You want broad shoulders. He's got it. With the frame and everything, you want nimble feet. He could probably be a little bit more nimble, but he's still very good. You know, he's also 370, 360 pounds. Beast. That is, I mean, that's a great offensive lineman right there. The next guy, Connor Robertson. That's your center pace. That's your center right there. I, oh, I guess I missed, I missed Malik Ogbo. I didn't have him on this list because he committed after I made the list. What are your thoughts on Malik Ogba getting him from Westlake? I think Malik's a project. Or um, Washington. I think, he, I think he's Sorry. very athletic. Um, watching his video, you can tell. I mean, I'll just his competition is not very good. Okay. It's, it's actually it's horrible. Okay. It looks like Texas <laughs> 2A. His technique, he's all over the place. Okay. And and he's not he's not mauling folks on that tape as you like you would expect. Very athletic kid. I am interested to see how he adjusts to being around a bunch of men. I'm not betting on Malik, man. I'm not. And I don't mean to come off in a negative manner. I don't see him breaking through with what Texas is bringing in. He's a kid that can play tackle or he can play guard. Again, super athletic. 
I would be surprised if he ends up being a contributor. I really would. Yeah. The fact that he signed with Texas. Well, let me back up. Texas had a shot at getting uh, a guy in uh, Ernest Green out of California. Uh, an early enrollee who is like a high priority for Alabama. What is he, a five-star, I think, or a, at least a high four-star? Mm-hmm. Like a .98 guy, composite. Very good. Texas had a shot at him, and I was thinking, like, how do they make the numbers work? They would have to tell Malik Ogbo no, because if they were certain they were going to get Ernest Green. Well, they they signed Malik Ogbo, so I, I don't know. If, I mean, there's a lot of smoke surrounding Ernest Green, like earlier in the day. But I don't think it's gonna happen. How so, many women can they take, man? I don't I mean eight, maybe, <laughs> but no way. Yeah. Malik Ogba, I agree with you on that. We'll see. Uh, hopefully he proves us wrong. Connor Robertson, uh, offensive guard out of Westlake, mean motherfucker, very, very smart. Stanford was trying to get him to go there. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about your centers, what are you what are you looking for? You want a very, very smart guy, you want somebody who's mean and somebody who is well, light, you know, he, he can be the glue guy. That is what you're getting with Connor Robertson. He's going to be your center, uh, which is good because finally Texas is filling in the center position. They're filling in like the actual offensive line, which is something they didn't do under Tom Herman. I mean, God, the offensive line recruiting under Tom Herman was atrocious, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they got their center uh, in Connor Robertson. He's probably going to learn behind uh, Jake Majors. I, I really like this kid. He is playing at Westlake. He's surrounded by a bunch of other P5 prospects, but he is very smart. He is a good, good center prospect. I, I think this is a good early evaluation by the staff. No, I'm, I, I like Connor Robson. Always have um, every bit of six three, um, close to three hundred pounds already. Well, I was I was most impressed on his tape. Okay, that that kid is he's flex. He can bend. Okay, he's athletic. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I watched him. I watched him redirect a few times on tape, and I, I just I, I can't. Roberts was going to eventually be the starting center in Texas if if NATO isn't needed to come play center. Um, big fan of Connor Robertson. I, I just knew he was going to be the the, the, the O line in this cycle that Stafford beat Texas out for. Um, so to see them win out for it, I think it's going to pay big dividends for them later on, man. I, I, I like Robertson. Um, Take that, Stanford. Right. I'm, I'm Stanford had a good <laughs> year, didn't they? Or did they? I don't remember. Anyways, I like Robertson, man. I think I think he's the guy that's going to be around for a while. I, I like that pickup. Yeah. Let's go. I'm going to go back and just kind of go to the next position on the list after Nito, uh, Nato. Cornerback, Jalen Gilbo. What are your thoughts? I am not super high on Jalen Gilbo. Uh, I think I, I remember Gilbo. Gilbo was a guy I remember from since he was a sophomore. Jack Hammer feet. I remember the first thing that came to my mind. Jack Hammer feet. Okay. Excellent feet. Quick feet. Jalen's probably about 5'10 and a half, 5'11. Rocked up dude. Don't know how much bigger he's going to get in college because he's, you know, he's probably already about 185 pounds. Um, looks close to maxed out physically. Jalen had a timed. Let me pull it up. 40. I remember, huh? At four point eight two forty. Yes, he had a electronically timed four eight forty. I don't. Regardless of what anyone says, and I'm not even a huge forty guy, Will. But neither am I. When I watch his feet, when I watch him compete, like he doesn't have slow feet, like he doesn't have a quickness issue. But I do have questions about his ability on the deep routes, on the long routes, to to stay in phase with the faster wide receivers that he's going to see, you know, in the big 12 and the sec, 
I don't question the kid's competitiveness, and I, I wonder if he he might eventually he might be a guy that's your slot corner because I think he's so good in the in the short area quickness category. Um, I like Gilbo. I don't love Gilbo. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've always liked Julian Humphrey even before he got the rankings bumped. Um, I think he's a longer kid. I think he's a faster kid. But I like Gilbo. Um, we'll see how things go for him at Texas, man. But he he's also shown a, a, a propensity to probably you know get out of Dodge if things aren't going his way too. So I, I mean, we'll see. He's a good prospect. Austin Jordan, the next defensive back here at a Denton Ryan, six foot, one ninety. What are your thoughts on Austin Jordan? Oh, legitimate, legitimate list of size. I question the ball skills. I question the instincts. I see more athlete than football player. Um, but I mean, we've seen athletes get developed, but again, that, that there's that D word that comes up and I just, you know, I'm, I'm not giving this Texas defensive staff after what we saw this year, the benefit of the doubt on that. I wouldn't bet on Jordan. I wouldn't bet on him panning out, but you know, again, I would love to be proven wrong. So we'll see, but I, more athlete than player right now. Next and last safety or defensive back. We need to talk about Xavion Bryce, Seguin, Arlington, Texas was basically asked to do everything for Seguin played quarterback. He played, he was basically, he was everything. We have a question asking how fast is Austin Jordan? Um, he's a, he's a, Austin is a, he's a 10. He's probably a, he's probably a high 10, eight, 10, 900 meter type of kid. Back to Xavion Bryce, Texas pulled him away from Oklahoma in the 11th hour. A good pickup. I mean, in a position of need, but he's probably a guy who's going to need some time. Texas has the best prospect from that Seguin team committed, and he's a he's a he's a junior. He's in the twenty twenty three class. That's uh that's Jamel Johnson. Xavion Bryce balled out from what I heard at the mega camp that SMU held this past summer, and that's really when um you know where his stock started to take off. More prospect than player, similar to Austin Jordan in my eyes. Great length. I mean, he's built like a like a Great Dane. You know, had them high cut hips, those long strides. I'm not going. I can't even. I, I'm not super excited about Bryce. There a lot of be. these defensive backs are guys that you're going to have to wait on. You have to see if they develop. Kind of like a lot of the defensive backs for Baylor. You know, JT Woods or who's the guy who basically blew out every spark score? Jalen Petrie. Jalen Petrie was another, but I'm talking about the guy who blew out every spark score uh, back when the opening was doing that thing. Was it Tejada? No, but that's another good. That's another good example. Guys who aren't coming in highly rated, they they are going to need some time and then waiting to develop them, and then they turn into good players. That's what Texas has here. So they, they're going to you're going to need some time to at least wait and see the development. It's, uh, the only guy who is like a plug and play guy is Terrence Brooks. Stud. Yeah, stud. Let's just go quarterback, running back, and linebacker. Right, is the next. Oh, and Savion. Savion. I guess Savion Red is a running back, mm. and then no, no, he's a wide receiver. I mean, yes, but I think they're taking him as a as a running back. Wide receiver from from Slavion himself. All right. Well, let's see. We'll start off with the quarterback, Malik Murphy. I think we've already talked about it, what what, this, what you expected on Malik Murphy earlier in the year. He has all the tools to be a good quarterback. He just needs time and coaching. That's it. Tremendous arm, tremendous physical talent. You know, he led his team to a state championship this year. Um, that team was not very good last year. No, that team was terrible. You know, but same time, I'm gonna be fair. I looked up the stats too. Um, their defense played a big role in their turnaround this year. Um, Malik wasn't just slinging it all over the place, you know, throwing five touchdowns a game. He's in, a, I think, a perfect situation where he's not gonna be counted on the play, you know, for the next two years or so. 
But if Texas does end up still landing Manning or whatever, he's going to be a guy that transfers. I'm not sure we ever see Malik Murphy actually, you know, mm-hmm. running the show for Texas at any point. So let's get to the running back, Jaden Blue. I mean, not much to talk about there. Like, was a highly rated guy, uh, had trouble with the coaches, dropped in ranks. Still probably one of the better running backs out there, but we haven't seen him in a year. Prior to everything going down, he was a consensus top three running back in the country, consensus top 50 prospect in the country. He's got the body type, you know, it's in his face. You know, Jaden Blue is a guy who we got to watch his, you know, he got to watch his physique, got to watch his weight. Have no clue, just like Bledsoe, have no clue the type of weight, uh, type of shape he's in. But great news about Bledsoe and Blue is they're going to be here in the spring. They have all spring to get in shape. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, if that guy's head, that guy's mind is right, of course, Texas has Bichon. They've got Roshan. They've got Keelan. They've got Brooks. I, I love what that's all from Brooks. But um, Blue, if everything's right, man, that was that was the top back in this year's class, you know. But again, he's also you know he's shown a, he's shown some maturity issues in the past, so we'll see if he sticks around. I do hope we get to see him, you know, in a Texas uniform because um, the talent is, is is obvious. We already talked about Travell Johnson, so we'll, we'll kind of skip over that. Well, Savion Red, the next the what was it that is that the no second to the last commit so far. Xavion Red from Grand, Grand Prairie, again, a guy like Xavion Bryce who just did everything uh, for his team. People seem to love him when they watch his tape. I have not watched the tape on Xavion Red yet. Tell me, what what am I missing here? I had the pleasure of watching Xavion up close and, and, and in person since, since his freshman year. Uniquely built guy. Well, he's about 5'10", and he's about 200 and somewhere between 210 and 215 pounds. Okay, he's built like a running back or a linebacker. Okay, but he has, he's got hops. He's got great hands. He's extremely physical. Okay, whether he's running the ball or playing defense. Remember, he made the playoffs once over the past two decades. He played quarterback this past year for them because they wanted, he's a senior, they want the ball in his hands every play. He took Grand Prairie at the second round of the playoffs. Not a pretty guy. Does not have pretty running form. I don't probably he's run track, was never had any training, just a competitive kind of guy. Been a varsity basketball player for four years. The best way I can describe Red is he's just a dog. Just a dog. There's nothing smooth about him. He's just a dog. And I'm you right now, there's not gonna be anybody on that roster that wants to fight that guy. And I think you're the type of guy, that's the type of guys Texas has been missing in the past, man. Um I can't say enough about him. And another thing about him, he's in Grand Prairie. You know, they've been horrible. The way kids transfer around here, that dude stuck it out at Grand Prairie all four years. All right. I've never talked to him. We've never met personally. I've got a number of respect for that kid. Heck of a player. Heck of a player. Let's get to the part of the show that every literally everybody is waiting for. I watched the numbers drop from 25 to 10 right now because we have not been talking about this. The players left out there and how we should feel about it. And we'll start off with probably the biggest piece for Texas, Devon Campbell. Of all the players in the state who could probably start right away at Texas, Devon Campbell is is probably the guy. He He has everything. He has the size. He has the athleticism. He has the bend. He has the technique. There's a reason he is one of the top rated guys in the state and in the country. I think he's the top-rated offensive guard in the country. Darius, what are your thoughts on Devon Campbell? 
I mean, the first time I've ever seen a lineman on tape outrunning the running backs. I do think, you know, again, I've watched him for four years now. I do think people don't realize he is a lot more raw than you may think or understand. Like I just talked about with Savion, though, just a dog. Okay, dog. Out there in uh in Arlington last spring, talking about the Under Armour camp, there were six or seven clear alpha male guys out there. Okay. Kelvin Banks is one of them. NATO was one of them. David Hicks was one of them. Devon Campbell might have been the alpha <laughs> out there, man. And um, no, that's a that's a walk-in plug and play guy at, at guard. If Texas can seal the deal there, again, I'm really I'm so confused with the numbers. But um, if that deal is sealed there, that Texas, that's just gonna be the best offensive line class they have ever signed. Well, I think Texas is gonna sign seven offensive linemen. Whether or not they are all freshmen is up in the air. Devon Campbell would be the seventh. It's no, it's it's not rocket science here. It's not great that he didn't sign in the first early signing period. It it, it allows Oklahoma some time to and Bill Bedenbaugh uh, to really kind of sell. Hey, we are still consistent and we still have some some things going on here. But it seems like most people around this recruitment still feel pretty comfortable with where Texas stands. He just wanted to take his time here. But it also seems like a guy who's just looking for any reason to not go to Texas. What are your thoughts on on where what Devon Campbell is? You know, how how should Texas fans feel about Devon Campbell? Uh, as far as where they stand, I mean, it's been from pretty much from the jump. Everybody has always pretty much penciled him into this class for about a year and a half, you know, a year and a half out. Y'all gonna be mad at me, man. I would not be surprised if he signs with Oklahoma. I mean, uh, you've seen everybody almost over the last four or five days, especially along the offensive line, signed with Texas. You saw Dewberry decide to go another another way. I think it, it just makes sense for Campbell to, to to go the other way. And I think he would start for them pretty early. And I think he'd kick some ass for them pretty early, man. I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Part of me is expecting them, and even before all the commits went down, I think he's going to Oklahoma. I hate to say it, and more likely to start Banks or Campbell, both more likely to start. I'm gonna say Banks is a tackle at Texas. Yeah, at Texas. I mean, I do, I do kind of like what we have at guard right now. I mean, Jake Majors, Hayden Connor, and Junior Angulo is not a bad three, right there. Although Devon Campbell would definitely be a guy who would fight for reps. Uh, and might take over a position, I think, from Jan- Junior Angle, honestly, later on in the season. And, and yeah, thank you for the question, VN Mo- Moses, uh, too. So the next guy that Texas is going to be going after, and this kind of one's kind of a pie in the sky, something that Texas is really starting to, you know, it's it's honestly the opposite of what Devon Campbell is. Omari Abor, the defensive end out of, uh, was it Duncanville? Why am I? Right, yeah, I always get Duncanville and Allen mixed up. Yeah, Omari Abor, the defensive end out of Duncanville. Everybody thought he was going to Oklahoma or Ohio State, you know, somewhere that's not Texas. All of a sudden, Ohio State's defensive coordinator leaves, or basically Kerry Coombs is basically going to get kicked out. Oklahoma is having trouble, and Texas is still there. Hey, it, you know, they they have a clear spot for him on the roster. He would be a Joseph Osai-type player. For Texas, there is an opening there. There is starting to become some smoke there. 
And it is a very good thing that Abor decided to wait till February. What are your thoughts on that, Darius? Abor is a kid that that I think still lives here in the Soto. I've seen the kid since he was in middle school. He's different than Osai. Osai might be 245 right now. Yeah, Abor is Abor is 270 right now. And Will, I hate the he's probably he's gonna be close, he's gonna be close to 300 pounds. Okay, but he is athlete, he, he is a freak athlete for the size. It's just like Campbell, though, man. I just I do not see how <laughs> how I mean you you obviously take them, you know, but John, they're gonna be overloaded. They're gonna push. I think he was supposed to, his choice was supposed to be Ohio State the whole time. And I, I'm not sure they have room for him. He wants to wait to the All-American game to announce. This could be him just trying to drum up some, you know, some attention for the announcement. Based on what you know, what I have heard behind the scenes, I just I would be really surprised if he ended up in the class, man. I I, I that was that at this point would shock me. But mm-hmm. of course, that would be that would be a huge pickup. That would be he reminds me he's not he's not dissimilar from Shamar Turner, in my opinion. Oh, that is a good that's a good comparison right there. Uh talking about how you know we were kind of disappointed in the rest of the defensive back class outside of Terrence Brooks. Texas really needs a safety. Jacoby Matthews is still out there. You know, with Elijah uh, Moore from AM kind of looking around, you know, LSU is not the spot right now for him. Texas seems to be moving up the board there. There's some smoke there. Should Texas fans really look at that? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to believe Jacoby Matthews is, is, is going to Texas until I see ink dry. I, don't, I just don't believe that. I never have. I think he's always he's look he's looking for he wants to go to LSU. He wants it's a pipe to dream. Yeah, he's looking for a reason to go to LSU. Right. I, I just I wouldn't get my hopes up on that. Interesting. Uh, there is an interesting question here. Uh, that you know, is there any chance from Count Chopula? Is there any chance that Sanders makes big strides at tight end this year? He was last year's five star for Texas. That dude should have been a defensive end last year all right fun facts my head coach was the defensive coordinator at den ryan for the past eight years statement sanders has never wanted to play defensive end okay newsflash his position coach came by not long ago said he wouldn't block you know when it first started said that changed you know over the past you know month or so swears you know he's 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 about to break out so We'll see. And people can say whatever they want, but I watched two other true freshmen in the same position group. Um, Get them out. See playing time last season. If that wasn't a indirect way of trying to nudge him to defensive end, I don't know what was. But um, from what I understand about the kid, his mind is a thousand percent made up on what he wants to do and he wants to play offense. Is there any chance he makes big strides? Sure. Um, like I said, I've heard he's made big strides, but I also saw two other true freshmen in the exact same class get reps over him last season. So I will believe in when I see it. Let's go to the next guy on the players left out there. Champ Lewis from Louisiana got processed out. Darius, just in general, what are your thoughts on the, on this whole, you know, it, it just feels scummy to process out a guy, especially a guy who has been with the class so long and stuck with Texas through the five and seven season. Yeah, I mean, not just in Texas' case, but for everybody, it's it's messed up. It's jacked up. You know, in a lot of cases, they tell those kids you commit and 
you know, not to take other visits, you know, really wants to shut their recruitment down. And then the kid locks in and, you know, and, and, and does what you asked. And then you pull the rug out from under him, you know, on what's supposed to be his big day. Texas hasn't generally, you know, we don't see them do that. They've done it three times now in this class off the top of my head. Um, Owen Carey, you know, they stopped talking to him, stopped communicating with him. Got him to decommit. From what I understand, there was communication back channel through his coaching staff. And, you know, he needs to you know weigh his options. We saw it with Anthony Jones today. I think they swapped him out for uh, Ethan Burke. And Jones landed on his feet. He, he signed with Oregon, you know, a team he had built a relationship with. You know, I guess it was his mm-hmm. second team. He got lucky. And I believe Kerry signed with Colorado today, okay? Um, but Champ Lewis, if you go back, he didn't have, you know, a bunch of offers, you know, at the time that he committed. You know, you feel horrible for the kid. and But at the same time, college football is big business. It's big business. And, um, again, it's wrong. I don't agree with the practice, but – if Texas is going to become a SEC type program, you know, it's just the way you do business sometimes. So while I don't agree with it, I feel for the kid. I feel for his family. Um, I'm a coach myself. I'll be pissed. I understand that it's a part of the business. I think that's a sign in a lot of ways, you know, Texas changing a little bit. Next guy, Mary Turner Gooden out of California, low four star here. Texas is fighting against Arizona State here in USC. What are your thoughts on on, on Larry Turner? Uh, Larry Turner Gooden. I don't know a whole lot about him. I don't know a whole I, lot about him. I, I think you take him because you need so much safety help. Like you need safety help, and he would be a safety uh, at Texas. You know, he's got a good frame. He's got good instincts. He's very athletic. Very, you know, got a good motor on him. I, I would just I would take him just because you honestly need bodies at safety. No, I mean so. he's a guy they've been on. He's a guy they've been on for a little while, you know. But um yeah. I, I, I haven't. He's at the same school as the linebacker they were recruiting that went to Notre Dame, Tui Halamaka, right? I don't I don't I don't know a whole lot about Turner Good and I don't have a whole I don't I don't have enough information to form an opinion on him. Kind of surprised he hadn't signed yet, because from what I understand it was just Arizona State or Texas, right? Like you said, Texas sucks at safety right now. So the more bodies, the merrier. Yep. Uh, I think Texas, if they really pursue him, if they really don't like anything in the portal by next signing day, he's he's with Texas. Can I um, respond to the comments there right here? They were talking about Armani Baylor. Yeah. That. So yeah, you want yeah, somebody asked, are you surprised with Armani going to Baylor? So I got you no, know, I got a source, real strong source in in, in a Louisville, and he was saying, you no, know, Armani was telling folks this morning he was he was going to Texas. Um, from what I was told, from what I understand, um, Texas was trying to decide whether or not they wanted to take him back. Um, and the, they decided that they they weren't. I don't know if anybody remember how it's mentioned there. He decommitted in the middle of the damn game. And you've mm-hmm. been committed to the school for almost a year. Like, that says something a little bit about your character. And I mean, this is not sour grapes on my part, but I mean, I, I have in the past heard, you know, a little bit about um, some possible off field, you know, deals with Winfield. I think that was, a, that was an executive decision from, from the head coach there that, nah, I don't think that guy's going to fit our culture. And, um, you know, he's a heck of a talent. He's probably going to go to Baylor and shit, put up a hundred yards every time he plays Texas. But um, mm-hmm. he wanted back in the class and Texas decided to go another direction. Right. And, and the last guy in the players left, Harold Perkins, not going to Texas. I think he probably ends up at AM or LSU. Nah, Harold Perkins not going to Texas, man. 
And I know he showed up a million times and Texas need linebackers. And I mean, even then though, even though he's like, he can play linebacker, obviously his best attribute is playing off this playing edge. In my opinion, it'd be great if they can get Errol Perkins. I've maintained since shit, probably last April when that kid ain't going to Texas. So we'll see. Hmm. Are there any transfer reporter rumors relevant to Texas right now? Bill? I mean, Ryan Watts probably I have heard is really, really good. Ohio State didn't give him enough chances. I would like to have Ryan Watts back here at Texas. He was a guy that Texas was after back when he was here in you know the state in high mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to go work with Kerry Coombs because I mean, who wouldn't honestly? Now that Kerry Coombs is probably leaving, he's he's like he's I don't want to be here. I'd rather go home. I'm not getting a fair shake here. Is what he feels like. And so Ryan Brooks, are Ryan Ryan Watts, Ryan Watts and. Uh, Terrence Brooks from both from Little Elm. Let me interject. So, first, Orion Watson Brooks, both from Little Elm. Uh, Brooks played, this is Brooks, Fels Brooks first year playing a Little Elm. He was at John Paul mm-hmm. second all throughout his career. And from what I understand, um, he had a couple options where he was going to go play his senior year. So, going to Watts, I was not in love with Watts coming out of high school. Um, Neither was I. Paul kid, 6'2. I don't think he's all that, but um, you know, I, I I've heard I heard what's today Wednesday. I heard earlier this week that that was pretty much a done deal. Watson, mm-hmm. Texas. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, any transfer rumor portals? There's the kid from uh, Minnesota that if Devon Campbell does not go to Texas, Texas no, probably looks Curtis Dunlap. Curtis Dunlap, brother of Carlos Dunlap, defensive mm-hmm. end. So probably would he would probably end up at Texas um, if t- Texas does not feel like they're getting De- Devon Campbell. Uh, somebody asked his Watts compared to Holton Hill per frame. No. Um, no, not not as fast as Holton Hill. Linebacker, you're in wait and see mode. Defensive end, you're in wait and see mode. Safety, get Ishim Young and then go from there. I don't think there's any big rumors right now as Texas tries to finish up their class and, and figure out what they're doing here and then see who they need to go into the portal for. And honestly, there's not many names in the portal that, you know, you're really going after. Like Eli Ricks was the only guy really at cornerback who would have been an immediate like, yeah, bump. He's never coming to Texas. And, but yeah, he was never – Texas wouldn't pay him enough to come here. So there's no way he was coming here. I, I just – I think right now we're not going to be knowing a lot of portal news until it all of a sudden happens. Like, after signing day, after the next signing day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that is it. We are now a what two almost two hour show. This is probably the longest show we've done. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening f- through the past two hours of the show. This has been Fourth and Five, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I am your host, Will Bazer. You guys can find me on Twitter at w i l l b a i z e r. My man, DT, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter as well, CoachDT underscore TFB. Hit me up. Yeah, tell us if you like these live shows. I've enjoyed doing them so far, like getting some real-time feedback from you guys. It's been cool. So, yeah, let me know what you think. And uh, this, this might come out Thursday or Friday. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how I feel tonight. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, on that note, Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next time. Hook them. Hook them.